This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, when you're in business, when you have a brand name, it's constantly challenging about keeping that name front and center with the public and out of trouble. It's one of the reasons why we pay so much attention to the Gustafson Brand Trust Index, which tells us which companies score well with the public yearly and which ones do not. And a lot of times companies falter because of poor leadership. What mistakes are made? How can companies prevent those mistakes from happening? Well, our next guest has some advice on that. It is Dr. Saul Klein, Dean and Professor at the Peter B. Gustafson School of Business at the University of Victoria. Dr. Klein, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. How do you measure brands on the index? How do you do that? Yes, so we do an annual survey of roughly 8,000 people in Canada across the country. And we have a barrage of questions we ask them about different elements that we think make up trust. At a very broad level, trust is about the perception that the brand acts with integrity and is um, acting in, in our interest. And then we break it apart into three important components. One is a very functional-based one. We trust brands who deliver on their promises. Are they reliable? Are they delivering good quality? Are they value for money? Secondly, we trust brands based on how they treat us as consumers. Do they respond to our concerns? Do they respect our privacy? Do they fix problems when things go wrong? And then there's a third element, which, interesting enough, we're finding is becoming more and more important over time, is there's a value-based element. We trust brands based on their broader contributions to society. How well are they protecting the environment? How well are they contributing to the community? Are they treating employees well? And what we've created is, a, is an index that combines the different elements and helps us to provide some insights into what kind of behavior works to, um, to build trust. Right. And would you say that, you know, when one of those big brands falter, which often happens because I know brands mm-hmm. go up and down on your scale, do you think mm-hmm. one of those causes could be poor leadership? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think like anything, when we're talking about a, a business, ultimately it is the leadership that matters. The leaders establish the values. The leaders set the direction. The leaders need to be authentic in, in living the values. Because trust, and, and for, for us that becomes the key attribute, Trust is about, you know, keeping your promises and being authentic and having the ability to deliver on what you're saying. It's not simply about making promises that you never intend to keep. Right. And yet we've seen some companies like go down when they have had problems. Is it possible for those companies then to rebound provided they make the right decisions after that? It absolutely is. To some extent, it depends on, from, from our work, what caused the change? Was it something that was intentional or was it something accidental? So let me give you two examples that we've seen brands drop significantly. In one case, a couple of years ago, we saw Samsung drop um, very significantly in trust. If you remember back a couple of years ago, they had a problem with their phones exploding. or Nobody, I right. think... You know, I don't think anybody thought, well, you know, this was a cool new product feature. Let's design combustible <laughs> no. phones. Um, so they were able to recover quite well, not back up to where they were before because people still have that memory. But because there wasn't any sense of malevolence or malfeasance there, 
consumers were able to um, recover their trust in the brand. In contrast, um, the last five years that we've been doing this study, Volkswagen has been near the bottom. And that's a case where people are saying there was a deliberate attempt to mislead, that uh, VW has been um, charged with deliberately falsifying emissions data. And that's much harder for an organization to, um, to recover from. So, you know, intent matters. Right. So when you have a company that has some kind of PR crisis, but is handled better by leadership, would you say it's easier for those brands to kind of stay on top? For sure, because consumers are looking for a reassurance that this wasn't an accident. This is taken seriously. We're not trying to sweep things under the rug, but there's a problem. We want to deal with that and rebuild the relationships with customers. Right. Okay. So then I guess it's funny though, isn't it, Dr. Dr. Klein, that management doesn't really seem to always learn that lesson. They always seem to continually make those same mistakes. Yeah. And that's, I guess, why we get uh, the results where some organizations consistently perform really well and others struggle. Right. Is communication the key, do you think, like for brands to have that meaningful relationship with their customers? Well, how they communicate is clearly important, but the communication has to be authentic. Um, Too often, organizations get hung up in thinking about, well, what's the external message we want to put out without ensuring that they're able to deliver on that message? Because communications creates expectations, and if those expectations aren't delivered, the communication can actually do more harm than good. Right. I wonder, does a CEO's individual reputation matter, do you think? It, it certainly matters. And we've seen certain organizations where the, the image or the personality of the CEO is, is so dominant. One that we've been looking at recently is uh, Tesla, where Elon Musk is very much identified as right. the visionary leader. Um, to the extent that he's had some problems in terms of his personal communications, um, putting out messages that have been problematic, we think that has undermined the, the trust in the brand. And yet for a lot of companies that are founded like that, mm-hmm. ha- doing the handoff, right? Once that CEO is gone, that's kind of a make or break time, isn't it? Very much so. And you know, to the extent that the brand is so closely associated with the personality of the CEO, it makes it very hard for somebody else to step in. At the same time, what it suggests is a much clearer need for organizations to think about their transition, think about moving beyond the, the founder who built an organization that was so, to, so closely associated with them as an individual. Right. And organizations do struggle with making their transition. And yet some companies can pull it off, though. I was thinking about Microsoft. For sure. Yeah. So, again, there's, it becomes an issue of leadership, the extent to which the founder is willing to let go, the extent to which the founder has established a leadership team that can easily move on. Um, one of the challenges we often have is, particularly for organizations that are so closely linked to an individual, they don't put in place good succession plans. So when the leader does have to step down, it creates a bit of a vacuum or a void that takes time to fill. Right. So they don't necessarily want to be gone. It's not like maybe they're thinking you don't want the company to be as successful when you're not there. Um, I don't think it's as much that. It's kind of like they built it. It's their baby. They they don't want to let go of it. And they're afraid that whoever comes next may not do as good a job as they did. 
Right, but and if you're a good leader, you, if you're a good leader, you would have those plans in place, would you not? You should, absolutely. And that's about thinking of continuity and succession planning. Even if it's only to deal with the case where something goes wrong to you as an individual. I mean, none of us are immortal. And we need to think about who's able to take over from us, who's able to step into a leadership position in the organizations at some point where the leader is unable to continue. You've also referred to this as a post-trust era. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? Well, we're seeing the erosion of trust more generally across all institutions, whether it's in government, whether it's in business, um, even universities, we've seen a decline in trust. Fortunately, and a self-serving comment, academics still are seen as, as being <laughs> fairly trustworthy in our, in our society. But the post-trust phenomenon is that erosion of trust that's really been exacerbated by the rise of social media, where trust to some extent is built on a recognition of truth and knowing what is true and what is uh, what is false is important. What we're seeing today is that it's becoming harder and harder for many consumers to be able to determine what is truth and wh- what, where is the reality. And if you look at the, the, the role of social media, they've limited the extent to which people are exposed to different types of opinion. So what happens is we get exposed to opinions that are, a group, that are the same as ours, and we tend to distrust opinions that are different from us. And I think the social media piece, by ensuring that we're only exposed to the opinions that agree with us, is doing us a, a little bit of a disservice by creating that sense of distrust. Right. But if you're a brand, if you're a company, then how do you, how do you navigate that social media issue? Well, one of the things that we're pointing to is also changing expectations that consumers have for the organizations they deal with, that it's not simply about delivering on the core product features. It is about one's values, and it's about demonstrating that you're playing a larger role in society. And organizations are starting to to change and reflect that broader sense of purpose. Um, We saw just a a month ago or so the Business Roundtable in the United States um, issue a statement that the purpose of business is not simply making money. Right. Um, yes, making profits is an important indicator of performance, but that's not the purpose. And to build trust with consumers, I think you need to have a, a broader sense of purpose in what you do. Right. And that's a reflection of the changing times too, right? Like they're reflecting what their customers, what their clients are saying. Very much. And the clients are expecting them to do, to do more. And, you know, we've often thought that, you know, the, the business of business is business and the only thing that organizations need to worry about is the bottom line. What we're not hearing, we're now hearing consumers say very clearly is we don't think there's a conflict between doing the right thing and making money. And we have to look at what role we're playing in, in terms of achieving and delivering on a broader ambition. So true. Dr. Klein, thank you for this talk. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. That is Dr. Saul Klein, Dean and Professor at the Peter B. Gustafson School of Business at the University of Victoria.